Thanks for listening to our podcast today. This episode is brought to you by Peterson Toyota, your local Toyota dealer serving Fort Collins, Loveland, Windsor, and Tinmouth for more than 50 years. These guys are huge CSU supporters and RamNation.com partners. We're so grateful to have them. They've got all the latest Toyota models and a friendly and accommodating staff eager to assist you. Now in stock is the highly anticipated first ever 2024 Grand Highlander with an adult size third row. This vehicle is beautiful. Stop in for a test drive and you'll receive first class attention. Whatever you're looking for, Peterson's expert staff will help you find the one that is right for you, all at competitive pricing and financing. Peterson strives to be the best in everything they do. They will take care of you, I promise. If you're in the market for a new or used vehicle, please get Peterson Toyota first shot at your business. Thanks, enjoy the show. Welcome everybody to Ram Nation Radio. It's another hoops-filled podcast. Man, Rams are on an 8-0 heater right now after an amazing victory in Las Vegas over Washington. Now ranked 12th and 13th in the AP and coaches poll, number seven in net ranking, just all the accolades going on with it, and national media taking notice, which is awesome. Saw Steve Ivy out in Vegas as well. Got to catch up with him there and Talk about what a great experience that was, and he is on with us today. We'll talk about that. We've got Mike Rowe. We'll get his takes on everything um, related to this 8-0 start. And then we'll be bringing in Nico Medved for segment number two, and we'll ask him all about everything as well and see what we can do to make sure this guy stays around in Fort Collins for a long time to come. So uh, thanks for listening to us today, guys. Coming off of that win in Vegas, it's funny. I saw a tweet. Uh, it was either yesterday. I think it was yesterday. Some... I think it was a Washington fan said that CSU fans are acting like we beat North Carolina. Why are we so excited? <laughs> I think for me, it was just um, this just seemed like the traditional pitfall every year that you would see on the schedule is a spot where you just like, wow, this is going to be really tough to win that game. Just to, from the standpoint, it's coming after the CU game. You have to get emotionally uh, up for it again. You're going on the road. Uh, you had a gimpy Pat Cartier. You had no Jalen Lake, who underwent surgery for his broken finger the day after the big, his big performance against CU. And then you had Washington, who's a pretty good team. Two seven-footers are physical. The team that had San Diego State on the ropes, a win against Xavier, just seemed like a spot where we could drop that game. And then you have Neek go down early in the first five minutes of the game, gets a flagrant two foul and booted from the game. Zay gets in foul trouble. trouble. Joe Palmer gets in foul trouble. And we just sat there watching this game unfold and just were in awe with how they competed and overcame all those obstacles and won the game. What, what were your guys' thoughts uh, as you as you watched that win happen? Mike, why don't you go ahead and talk about it from the TV perspective? I know you weren't there. I, I always like to hear what we looked like on TV. I, it's fun to be there in person, but tell me what we looked like on TV. So, you know, the, the biggest difference between Wednesday night and Saturday was there they just didn't seem energy in the building like there was and obviously it's a road game but I mean even going back to the Creighton game in Kansas City there were a ton of Creighton fans and and it seemed like we were there there was a, it was a road game and you could feed off that road energy when, when you're an opposing team where this it just seemed like an empty arena I don't know what it was looking like from you, but watching us play on TV, it was just another one of those games where Nico just kind of made the right moves and we won in a different way 
than we have won the previous seven games. Uh, as as Joel said, Neat gets tossed on a horrible call. The announcers couldn't figure it out. When you watch uh, when you watch the replays over and over on TV, his arm just got caught up on a screen where the uh, Mia or, or whatever his name he was still sliding, and there wasn't any. I, I don't know how you could get around that screen without making that kind of a contact. Again, his arm just got caught wrong. He didn't swing up. It wasn't like wasn't like your boy from Duke who uh, now plays for the Suns uh, who just always seems to be catching guys in the groin. It, it was just one of those plays, and, and to get tossed on that. But then, yeah, you, you, get, you see um, Isaiah picking up three fouls. Those last two just they they weren't smart plays. They weren't smart fouls, especially that last one where he had great defense cutting him off on the baseline and went through him. Uh, and then you have Palmer, but guys just stepped up. It, it, it was one of those where where you just saw different guys stepping up. You know they didn't have an answer for Cartier underneath. Every time he got the ball, he was going to score. And same with Scott. Scott was overpowering much bigger guys and and getting to the hoop. So it it was really cool seeing that uh, perspective uh, from TV. Yeah, you know, the the thing that struck me, you're dead on about the energy in the building. Um, We had a a good number of CSU fans, and I, I waved to all of them and you know, you try and make noise, but it's it's definitely not the same as a, a home game or even a road game where you, the crowd is into it. There there were probably a couple of thousand people in there for our game. Um, it did fill up pretty good for the uh, Gonzaga USC game. I'll talk about that a little a little bit later. But um, the one thing that struck me, and you know, I did my podcast. We had so many chances to tap out of that game. We were, I thought I compared it to a baseball game. Oh, and two count. Um, you know, uh, with uh, Neek uh, going out of the game on, like you said, uh, what I thought was a crazy call. Um, and I wasn't too far away from that. I, I had a pretty good look. It all looked like was he got tangled up trying to get around over the top of a screen. Um, and I have no idea how they came up with a flagrant two. I've yet to see video that shows it. Um, and then uh, and then when uh, uh, Zay picked up his third foul with six minutes to go and a half, you go, oh, my God, that's two strikes. And this team fought off every tough pitch that Washington threw at them. And they have some good players. There is no doubt about it. They have some very good players. And they kept on fighting them off, fighting them off. And next thing you know, they get a, a basket here, a basket there in the second half. Um, you know, I mean, the key, uh, they stuck They stuck with it in the first half. They could have been down 10 at the half, and they stayed with them. And then they came out in the second half. They went down a little bit. I think they went down seven, but then an immediate uh, – immediate answer to that and everybody hit a tough bucket um i mean a crazy tough bucket and then and then the they got down to the final uh three minutes and uh and my wife was there with me and she said you know the game was kind of okay but those last three minutes were fantastic and she's right uh csu really executed in those last three minutes you know we have the best point guard in the country in Isaiah Stevens, but everybody else was so in tune with what needed to get done. And, uh, it, and it was just, you know, at the end, it was so emotional, you know, everybody giving each other hugs, 
Um, everybody, if you could find any CSU fan, there was a hug to be given because it was a, it was a pretty emotional win and a fantastic uh, win. I, I know Coach said it was the the grittiest uh, win he's ever had. Um, it was beyond gritty. It was just uh, it was out of this world. Um, I I had such a good time watching it and uh, just another example of uh, of how how good and how uh, how together this team is. I was surprised there weren't more. UW fans there weren't, I mean, there were obviously some, but uh, when you have Washington in the PAC 12 championship game the day before, I thought it was going to be a, a really big Washington crowd. And it really wasn't. There were, there were a couple guys around us hooting and hollering as the game was coming down the stretch and uh, we were having a good time with them and they were giving us the business a little bit. And I was just like, come on guys, you guys have football. Can you just let us have a little basketball? So um, they were laughing. Yeah. You know, Joel, you're absolutely right. I thought there'd be more fans there. Um, you know, I kept on running into Gonzaga fans more than anything. And every one of those people, I said, you know, I'll stay in route for you guys. If you root <laughs> for us against Washington, they said, deal. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have any love for Washington. And I, they're going to, I think they play them, uh, sometime this month. I think Washington, they, they go to Seattle to play, uh, to play Washington. Well, Nico seemed to have like this, uh, the scheduling thing figured out, right? I mean, he's. Uh, if you look at some of the metrics, we're we're at the top of of the strength of schedule in the in the country, and he's just figured out he loves he loves these neutral site games, the multi team event ga uh, games. And what did you think about uh, just this? It was just kind of odd. Like uh, my friends, like who do we play next? Like uh, we play Gonzaga next? I mean, no, it's it's not a tournament. It was just a one time thing. So a lot of people couldn't figure that out, but. Uh, what do you think about his his philosophy and how this thing is shaking out from a schedule standpoint? Uh, you know, I talked to him before the season when the schedule came out and uh, and he goes, I don't know what I'm getting myself into. Um, and a lot of it was driven by the fact he knew he had some pretty tough opening games with Louisiana Tech and Wright State. Those are, you know, Louisiana Tech, I don't know if you noticed where they are uh, in the net rankings. They're like 46th. Uh, they're quad they're quad two right now because we played them at home uh right state is about 120th they're right next to where boise is um and so those are two really really good teams that he opened with because i don't know what i'm getting myself into and then he knew the gauntlet was coming i don't know i didn't talk to him about do you wish you had the the tough game spread out um a little more because those four games came in a hurry boston college Creighton, CU, and uh, Washington, you're talking about four games in 10 days and four top 100 teams. That's like, you know, that, to be honest with you, that's that was beyond, that's like playing the Mountain West schedule right away. Um, and you throw in a, a Creighton, who's a, a top 10 team. You know, that's that's almost like playing in a, in a, peak, in a power conference. Um, just an amazing two weeks. And um, anybody, I think, we were all probably pretty realistic, hoping we'd get three out of four of those games to get four out of four an incredible, uh, what an incredible performance by, uh, by the team. Um, I was going to, I didn't get a chance to do something I, I wanted to do. I, you know, that one of the big, uh, one of the big things, uh, I guess games is Fortnite. Well, Fortnite is a two week period. That is the greatest Fortnite I've ever been involved with <laughs> in terms of college basketball. It's been it's awesome. You know, I, the only thing I can compare it to right now is is really that 03 run uh, in the Mountain West. But this is, I mean, 
this is like the, who we played is, I mean, it really is like a tournament team, you know, and yes, obviously the Kansas city thing was a tournament, but this, this seems like survive in advance right now. And, and we get through, we get through BC. That's a great win. You know what? It's over. We got to focus on Creighton. We get through Creighton. You know what? That's over. We got to focus on CU. Beat CU his first time beating CU. Zay's first time beating CU. Guess what? It's over. We got to get our butts to Vegas and play Washington. So it it, it it was great scheduling. I love it because it is it is setting us up for Mountain West play, for tournament play. You know, hey Joel, did you did you stay for the uh, did you stay for the uh, second game? Did you watch the whole thing, the Gonzaga? We caught USC about a dozen game? minutes of it. We watched about twelve, the first twelve minutes of it. That was about it. You know, I watched most of the first half. We left late in the first half, and I walked by a Gonzaga fan I'd been talking to earlier, and I looked and said, "You guys can relax. You're going to win this game by fifteen or twenty points." Ended up winning by thirteen. They were basically up double digits uh, for most of the game. Um, I thought what was, if you watched and got into it a little bit, Mark Few is an elite coach. I'm not sure about Andy Enfield at USC. I think you saw the difference of what what having a great coach does. Uh, Gonzaga is a far better program than USC. USC with all their riches, all their money. You can bet they have more NIL than anybody. Um, They got LeBron James involved with that program now. And, Quite frankly, they they bored me to tears with the way they were playing. And Gonzaga was damn fun to watch, watching Graham E.K. play. We'd seen at Wyoming. And then just watching some of those other guys. And, boy, do they run. I've been watching that team, you know, for 20 years. They run such a great system. And it was it was a lot of fun. And the reason I'm talking about this is because it shows the importance of having a great coach in college basketball. And I'm about to go on the, on the war path. I just put something out on Twitter, but I'm about to go on the war path now about how important it's going to be to try and keep our coach around. Um, and I, I would compare it to the Mark few situation where Gonzaga was a good program. Um, Dan Munson had built him up into a good program. Few comes in right around the year 2000 and gradually build. And next thing you know, perennial top 10 team, perennial sweet 16 uh, team made it, have made it to the final four, um, just an elite program. That's, you need a coach and you need resources behind it. And I'm about to go on the war path, uh, uh, pushing that uh, CSU do the same thing with, uh, with Nico um, uh, looking at Mark Few is kind of a perfect example of what you can do in college basketball if you take the time to invest in a great coach, which we have, uh, and give the, give the backing, not just in terms of his salary, but his assistance and the dollars in the program that's required to keep building and building and building. So I just wanted to, that's why I wanted to talk about the, uh, the Gonzaga USC game. Yeah. And I want to bring, I want to talk about that as well. Well, funny thing you said that we were talking about that watching it. It was like every time down the court guy had the ball in his hands was taking a shot. They do not move the ball. Well, I just looked it up. They, they, um, they took 66 shots in the game. They had 12 total assists. So, um, just it, it's just a different brand of ball and you knew once you saw that I, I, we watched the first you know 10 minutes of the game and it was just we were like oh Gonzaga's going to carve them up they just play a different brand of ball they move it's a much prettier style just like ours we move the ball around we share the ball well 
And uh, you could just tell like that this, this USC team, there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of big guys on there and, and athletic guys, and they just don't play. They don't play a pretty brand of basketball. If you ask me. So um, interesting. They have the number one five-star recruit in the country this year as a freshman. And he was good. And that Collier kid, he's good. And they have a, a fifth-year guard that was started, recruited at Duke, didn't go there, went to Memphis, now is at USC, Boogie Ellis. Yeah. That backcourt is as good as anything in the country, and they still look like crap. Well, um, I wanted to ask you about this uh, because we just saw a tweet not long before we started recording this. Um, a guy from the, the Collegian reported that uh, Nico said today that Josiah Strong is going to be out, hurt his hand, and he's going to be out about six six weeks, which really stinks. And that kind of opens up the opportunity here. You and I, you talked about this on your podcast yesterday about how Javante Johnson gave nine really important minutes the other day against Washington. And is this an opportunity with Josiah out? Obviously, you're going to start seeing Tavy a little bit more. Is this an opportunity where we might see Javante more integrated into this, uh, into some minutes? I think they have to figure out something. Nico about the coaches will figure out, you know, how they're gonna gonna distribute the minutes. The bigger concern I have um is uh with uh with Jalen Lake out and uh and and uh, Josiah out now, those are our two best perimeter defenders. Um they have been the guys that have pretty much been guarding uh they've been the on the ball guys, uh slowing uh slowing guys down. And Josiah did a great job on Saturday. He had the guard on Severe Wheeler um, and forced him into five for 19 shooting. He had the guard on uh, at Creighton uh, with uh, with uh, the uh, Alexander kid, Trey Alexander, and that kid shot like one for 16. That kid is good. That kid's NBA quality. So, you know, we're going to miss him. I don't know if they can make up the, the qualities that he had, but, boy, they're going to have to figure out a way because he, DU, while they may be a – a lesser opponent is a is an in-state rival. That'll be a tough game tomorrow night, and then obviously on to St. Mary's. That's going to be a, that's going to be a war, and we're gonna well, we're gonna have to put something special together to to win that game. I'll tell you right now, that's a that's going to be interesting. DU has a fifth-year guard that is, I want to say, third third in the points per game this season. Yep, uh, better better uh, not have a yeah, letdown. So. It'll be interesting. The, the good news is, uh, you know, we saw some uh, contributions from players like uh, freshman Kai and Evans in the backcourt. Um, Tavy came in and played a minute. He's just coming back from uh, from some injury and sickness. So and we saw how he could play last year. So hopefully he'll be able to step up and then we'll have Javante step up as uh, as well. So we'll see. There's going to be have to be some interesting juggling. But, you know, we still have a pretty good core four as long as uh, as long as Cartier is healthy, you got Stevens, Clifford, uh, Scott, and uh, and Cartier, and the other guys are just going to have to suck it up and uh, and fill in, and as they have uh, as they did the other night. Well, by the way, um, you mentioned Blake. I I don't know the validity of this or not, but uh, we'll have to ask Coach Nico Medved when he comes on here shortly. But I was talking to Brett Anderson at the uh, Washington game, and he mentioned that. I don't remember the detail, but something about the surgery for Jalen uh, Lake didn't require a pin or something that he was going to have to have. And so he may not be four to six weeks. He may be more like two to three. So hopefully that is the case. But uh, we'll see if Nico can shed any light on that, as well as um, Josiah Strong. Uh, so what do you think? Um, 
we can do, Steve, to entice? I mean, we've asked Joe Parker this. What what can you do to make sure that Nico stays for the long haul? We asked him this last year. And he's like, at the end of the day, there's there's only so many things you can do. We don't have an unlimited budget, but we want to make sure that he feels uh, loved here and we'll do what we can financially and uh, give him and his program as much support as we possibly can. Uh, but what what would you like to see done? If you ask me, uh, I don't know what it takes money uh, financially. Um, I'm pretty sure he likes being here. But the, the one thing that I think drives all coaches at this level, they're just as competitive as the players are. Uh, and they want to win, and they want to win at the highest level. And if you can show him that you're going to provide him the resources to win at the uh, at the highest level, um, maybe there's a chance. There he is. <laughs> um, but that, that's what it's going to take. And, and, and why not? You know, why not invest in this thing? Um, this is, uh, this is a program that is showing that they, I mean, look at the ranking for God's sake. We're 12th and 13th in the polls, seventh in the net. Phenomenal. Um, imagine if we could invest even more in this. Um, and there's no reason why we can't. And we do everything the right way on and off the court. So, um, it's everything you want in a, in a leader, in a, and in a program. So um, this is turning out to be a dream season and we're looking forward to what's to come. Two more big games this week. All right, before we bring in Coach Medved, let me remind you about our amazing sponsor, Ginger and Baker. A great, great gift idea this holiday season would be to go to Ginger and Baker, grab yourself a gift card, give it to your loved one. These gift cards can be used for a meal in the cash or a cafe, can be used for a pie from the bakery, a gift from the market, or even a class in the teaching kitchen. I implore you to stop by, enjoy a great meal and a great experience at Ginger and Baker. It is all decked out in holiday decor. And coming up this Saturday, December 9th, as well as the 16th, you and your family can visit Santa Claus for a free photo event, RSVP at gingerandbaker.com. This is our favorite place in all of Fort Collins. Support our friend Ginger Graham and treat yourself to a world-class experience at Ginger and Baker. All right, super excited to bring in head men's basketball coach, Nico Medved got his team off to an 8-0 start. We've been talking about it. Everyone's super excited. I, I can't remember the last time fans have been on this kind of a high. We talked about the last two weeks of just special basketball we've been watching. So, uh, Coach Coach Medved, thanks so much for being here. I guess I would want to say um, a couple questions to lead us off. That CU game, I know you've already talked about it, but it's the first time we've had you on since. There was something special about that and the crowd and that experience and beating those guys. And then I know we talked to you right after right after you came off the court on sat on uh, yeah Saturday against Washington, and you've said that that was the basically the grittiest win that you've had since you've been here. And just wanted to ask you how you're doing and and how you're feeling right now with with those two coming off those two wins. Oh, it's it's been it's been cool. I'm so happy for the guys and you know that they're getting the results of the the work that they've put in and and seeing it come together. You know how I'm wired. Like it's just. I don't take, I take those 24 hours and then let me ask my wife or whatever. I wake up the next day and I'm worried about, you know, Denver and getting better and why we're not, you know, this, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk about it, you know, just some of the, the, the injuries and stuff, but it's, it's, it's been, it's been awesome. The CU game, you can say whatever you want. Those games don't happen like that all the time. The energy was just tremendous. Um, both teams are good. Colorado's got a really good team. They are good. So I thought that was a high level basketball game by both teams. 
uh, great treat for the fans, fun to be in that kind of environment and to come out uh, um, on the right end of it was just an awesome night. And, you know, the Washington game was just took on a whole life of its own. You're wondering, you know, people might, well, gosh, look at the emotional hangover after CU. We go out there to Washington um, and our guys just, you know, everything that happened, Patrick Cartier tells us 10 minutes before the game, he's going to give it a go. We planned on not having him. Neat Clifford gets tossed. Isaiah Stevens picks up third foul, six minutes to go in the half. But you know what? Our guys never flinched. And so it was just such a, I was so proud of them. And I, I, I see it every day and I know who they are, but they just continue to show me who they really are and, and, and they're fighters and they're tough. And so it, it has, I've, I've, uh, I've enjoyed it, but I've quickly moved on to the next. I heard that today you guys were working on uh, being a little more subtle about when you hit people in the junk. So that's probably a good move. <laughs> <laughs> I probably shouldn't comment on, you know, that was a tough, you know, and I did talk to, to John Higgins, you know, today, who's now the head of head of officials and, you know, the, those, those plays are, are difficult. And by the letter of the law, you know, when somebody gets, you know, hit in that area, it can rise to a flagrant too. It's still up to the discretion, you know, of the official in that moment. I personally thought, you know, should have been, they had to go flagrant one. I think that's a really tough call to, to, to eject him. Um, but it is what it is. And, Again, a testament to our guys. I thought it galvanized us in the short term. I thought our guys really rallied around Neek and the adversity that way. And I thought we responded with a run right after that. But um, unfortunate. Um, but hopefully it's something that will that will never happen again. So the last two weeks have been huge for CSU, obviously, uh, especially on the national scale. How important it is, is it for these kind of tournaments over the holiday season, like the Hall of Fame Classic, for people to casual fans to get their eyes on CSU. That's a great, I, I, I think it's huge. I think it's huge for a couple of reasons. I think it's huge for obviously um, people maybe who, who haven't seen us yet, get an opportunity to see us on a national stage, seeing us playing elite opponents from different areas of the country and getting eyes on us. I think that's huge, you know, for exposure, obviously you have to do well in those games, but really bigger than that is even just the opportunity to, have quality resume, right? Quality wins. And to do that, those tournaments are critical to us to get those kinds of opponents on a, on a neutral court. And, um, and then you've got to perform and that's what a lot has allowed our league, right. To get multiple bids, you know, the last few years and boy, it certainly looks the today we're poised to do the same thing. And, you know, I feel, a, I, I always say to, to people, I, and I think I've done this, I've always scheduled up. I've tried to do that. I've tried to put ourselves out there. I believe in that. I never want to look back at the end of the year and say that I didn't give our guys a chance to do it. Heck, our schedule was great last year. You know, we didn't perform for a variety of reasons, but we had a chance. We can't look back and say we didn't have a chance with the schedule we put together. Those are hard to do, um, but we did. And now we put ourselves out there and you know what? We've performed. And that's why we we are where we are. I think there's a responsibility to your own team. And I think there's a responsibility to the Mountain West, you know, to try to do that and, and, you know, it's played out for us this year, but th so they're huge for that reason. And they are, it's great that you get on that stage, you play and, and a lot of people take notice around the country. And obviously we're reaping the benefits of that. It, it's tough playing over the holidays. What was that experience like being in Kansas city for Thanksgiving? Well, I'll tell you what, you'd appreciate this. Like 
man, we took the team to Jack Stacks on Tuesday and it's high. I mean, the spread they put together for the team, it's high level. And and I, I like Thanksgiving dinner too, but if you told me I had to run it back and go barbecue for Thanksgiving dinner, I was all in my man. Uh, um, <laughs> it, so, so it, it was great. You know, for us, we had a ton of family out there. Um, I had my family, you know, obviously Erica and the girls, my mom and dad, my brother and his kids, a lot of our players had family there. So that made it special, right? That they could be there to, to watch us play. And then to have the success we did was really cool. Um, Thanksgiving, I've had some great Thanksgivings. That was as good a one as I've ever had. You beat Creighton um, early in the day. We had a dinner uh, that night and to see all the guys and their families and my family enjoying that was was really special. Something I'll, I'll never forget. So, you know, you can go to Jack Stack and they will wrap it to go specifically for your for your luggage when you fly home i've gotten i've gotten plenty of burn-ins from jack stack really and you're man i should have talked to you before i was there i would have tried to get some on on uh on friday but man we had the the room uh the private room over there the room and it was it was it was awesome like you said i would i would have ran that back for thanksgiving dinner <laughs> so the the first four games of this season we won we won really because of our offense i mean we just Obviously, defense is very important, but we threw up a lot of points and had some pretty big runs in those games. Against BC and Creighton, our defense really was in the forefront in those games. Now, was that an adjustment that you made going into the tournament, or was that something that just came naturally during the game? I think it's something, you know, we we really tried to be intentional about focusing on in the in the offseason. And I think we've we've put in a lot of work on that end of the floor, kind of a, you know, really assessing what we've done from a schematic perspective. I do think we've added some guys that are really good defenders. I think from a personnel standpoint, that has helped. I think that we've put more work in on that end. And um and 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 it has. I think it showed up, you know. And I'll say this, like I have a beef. I, I, again, we're playing some really good competition. I thought the second half of the last two games, we needed to be better defensively. So I'm, I'm like, you know, we got to find a way to clean up, you know, some things and, and that'll be a challenge with some of the the guys out, but one that we have to have to meet. But I mean, the reality is we we've always been pretty darn good offensively, you know, with, with what we do and how we play and I think the way we teach it, the way we recruit, but the reality is you got to be good on both ends of the floor. If you want to be successful, it can't be, Hey, we're just an offensive team. We don't guard anybody or we just guard and we don't score. You've got to find a way to be efficient on both ends. If you want to be successful. And, and we've been able to do that. Hey, Hey, Nico switching, switching gears just a little bit. I want to get kind of specific into the Washington game. Cause that's pretty top of mind for me. Um, I had a great time out there, but, you know, going into the game, you knew you were going to be shorthanded uh, with Jalen uh, Lake being out. And obviously you had to plan to fill in. He's been a 25 to 30 minute player. You had to had plan to fill in for, for him with, uh, with other players. And, and then when Neek went out five or six minutes into the game, you kind of had to figure out how to deal with his lost minutes from a coaching perspective. Is that something um, you, you immediately figured out on the fly, or is it just something you kind of you kind of wing it until halftime, then talk it over with the staff? Or how did you manage your way through that? I'm really interested to hear how how because I thought you did it magnificently how you how you managed through your, the personnel. But what was going through your mind when Neek went out? 
Well, I think one of the keys in those situations happen, it's super emotional and you're upset, but you got to quickly gather yourself and you got to figure out, okay, they're not going to change the call. They're not going to, do you know what I mean? And so maybe I got to try to work the officials a little bit, but we quickly have to move on to what's next. Like, what do we have to do right now in the moment? Calm your guys down, rally them. We're going to figure this out. You know what I mean? We got this, let's do it, you know, and let's freaking go. And, and, and we're going to, and, and then, you know, you, you sort of, you know, I don't say figure it out on the fly, but, you know, we had practiced a little bit, obviously with Cartier, being out or not sure we had shuffled some lineups a little bit in practice just to be thinking ahead. Hey, if this happened and we have to play this lineup a little more, what would that look like? Um, so we had done a little bit of that, but then it clearly looked like, okay, we were going to have to play Joe Palmer um, a little bit more with those two other big guys, which we hadn't done a lot, but that was going to have to happen. You know, I thought he did a nice job. He was in some defensive situations. He hadn't been in really much at all in practice. Um, so we had to figure that out a little bit on the fly. Um, we maybe had to figure out, you know, do we kind of slow the tempo down a little bit? You know what I mean? At at times, um, you know, what are the matchups we like? You know, instead of playing Joel Scott, you know, when Patrick started playing Joel Scott, small ball five, we tried to, you know, roll him more at the four, cause that kind of moves everyone down. But so it's all those things kind of go through your mind, but you really, a lot of it's just your mentality. Steve is just figuring out. We're not going to buy into the excuses. We're not going to buy into, you know, we're getting screwed here, whatever. We just got to figure it out. And that's what you quickly have to have to do. And I thought our guys just did a, did a great job of doing it. And Cayenne Evans just had to play more, right? We had to play Cayenne and Zay together. We hadn't done that a lot but it's something we do a little bit and there, and, and that's what we had to do. So it's just kind of go. How, how, um, you know, human nature is going to kick in. You, you see people, I mean, Doug Gottlieb said he thinks we're the fourth best team in the country right now today. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of positive, uh, news coming around this team. How do you keep the, the team grounded or do they do a pretty good job doing that themselves? You know, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that's how these guys are wired. I'm not, wired that way. Anyone who's around me, I mean, it's like the same thing, you know, we guys pretty much get on the, anybody again, listen, it's great for the guys to get validation of their work and the belief that they have in what we're doing. It's awesome for the fans and the program and all of that stuff is great. So I love it. But at the same point in time, nobody went back and said, Hey guys, you know what? Um, we just really, after eight games, we're doing so well. And that's kind of our, our goal, right? Whether we were six and two, eight and no, or whatever. I mean, this, we got some veteran guys who, who've been through it and realize you're only as good as your last game. Uh, you've got to keep improving um, schedule. We got hard games coming up. And I, I think the guys have been wired like that. I mean, I, we got Isaiah Stevens just doesn't have that in his body. I mean, and, and that doesn't mean that you're going to play great every game. I mean, look at college, but that's just what it is, right? One game situation, you're going to play great. But when I look at these guys and their approach, I don't see that, you know? And, and, and you know what, Joel, in a, in a weird way, maybe too, with some of these guys being in and out with injuries and stuff, it even galvanizes them a little bit more to have a heightened sense of, you know, let's, we got to keep going here. We got to keep being the hunted. We got the hunter. I'm sorry. We got to keep being aggressive and we're nowhere near 
you know, where we want to be. Got off to a great start. It's phenomenal. Um, but there's so much basketball left to be played. You've, you've already hinted on it. You know, have you beat a rival first time, first time for you as a head coach, first time for Zay in the program on Wednesday. And then you got to turn around, get on a flight and head to Vegas to face another so-called power conference team. Um, getting the, getting the guys to, to change their focus so quickly. Uh, how, how, how did you do that? I think maybe the key is you don't change anything, you know, like I'm a process person. I mean, I believe in that. I stick with the mantra that we've had from, from day one. And, and, uh, um, I try, I think when you can get too caught up into changing things game to game or, Oh, now we got this game. And now, uh, um, you know, you, you got to be consistent players respond to consistency and you tell them the truth. I mean, you tell them, listen, we know, you know what this is and, and, uh, but we keep it the same. We celebrate, we celebrate like crazy after C. If you can't enjoy those moments, the, the, the passion and the, and that, what are you doing it for? So you want your kids to experience that, but then we do what we always do. We quickly move on. And I walked into practice and watched it. I said, listen, my mind today is like, how, how are we going to get better? Like do what we've always did. What do we have to to improve? We gave up 50, whatever points in the second half. We didn't handle this action. We shouldn't do the, the, the way we wanted it to. We need to make a better decision here. Um, and that's been our focus every day. So that's what it is, right? And we know we've got another, I don't have to rally the guys to tell them that they know Washington's going to be a hard game. They, they know that. Um, and then we get ready for Washington. These are the things that we're going to have to do to, to be successful. These games just keep coming. And so I think you try to develop that maturity and how you approach the guys every day, you know, and it was the same thing at CU. I mean, I, guys, I don't, I mean, I don't have to tell our guys that's a big game. I'm not wired as the coach. I'm not going to play CU's fight song in our locker room all day, every week. I'm not going to do that. That's not how I'm, I'm not saying people, whatever I'm wired is, Listen, we know what this game means, but our guys know that sometimes I think if you can make it too big, then then you get out of character, right? You have to find a way to like bring the intensity and the joy, but you still have to do the things that allow you to be successful. And how you do that, like I thought Neat Clifford was masterful at that. I I, I thought, you know, I, you never know he, how he's gonna respond in that situation. But you know, talking to him but before the game, you know, the night before, I'm just and you got no nothing to prove to anybody. You know, you are playing the best basketball of your career, whether you're playing C, you got to go out and do the things that have allowed you to be successful. And he did that. Of course, there's an extra motivation and, and passion, that, but that's there no matter what. But if you get too caught up in all that, I think you don't play well. I don't think you play and you do the things um, that you need to do. And so you know, I'm long-winded here, but you go into watch and that's what we do. And that's what we got to do to play Denver tomorrow night. I mean, it's the same thing, you know, we got to figure out, rally the troops here and figure out what we have to do to be successful tomorrow night. So we would go from BC to Creighton to CU to Washington to an in-state rival that we struggled with last decade. You know, those were some tough matches or tough games against DU tomorrow and then St. Mary's on Saturday. This run, how important is this? in prepping for the Mountain West tournament for prepping for postseason play. They all are. I mean, I, I'm listen, I, every game I play, I'm worried. I'm worried's not the right word, but I've got my radar up. Like I'm edgy about this Denver team. They're, they're really well coached offensively. They run good stuff. They've got a guard, Tommy Bruner, who can put up numbers. We're going to see changing defenses to try to muck up what we're doing. Uh, um, it's a challenge. And, 
anytime you're not ready to go meet that challenge and bring your best all time, you, you can get beat college basketball. That's the way it works. Your opponent gets a vote too, <laughs> you know, and, and even sometimes you play well and, and it doesn't go your, your way. So that's just what we do. Our, we got a mature group, man. We got a guys that I think feel like they have something to, to prove, uh, um, you know, Joel, it's, I think that's how this team is wired. And, and again, it doesn't mean we play well every night. Um, but all I see from them is that just daily enjoy when we have success, move on to the next, focus on getting better, enjoy the journey, but there's a long ways to go yet. So it's really important to keep doing that. And first challenge is tomorrow night. And then we'll have another one after that. And then we get into finals. Right before we started recording, um, there was a tweet by uh, the collegian saying that Josiah Strong was going to be out six weeks with a broken wrist. You confirmed that right before we got on. Is is that about right? Six weeks is what we're expecting to lose him for. Yeah, that that's what we're what we're thinking. Um, it sucks. I mean, and you know, again, when those things happen, the first thing I just think about is the young man. And I mean, this kid, what he After went last through year. last year, having to deal with sitting out with the the illness, the complicated, it just was a tough deal. And then, boy, I really thought he was starting to really play well. He's obviously a terrific defender. He's a great young man, plays with an unbelievable motor, uh, um, ultimate team guy, was really starting to get comfortable on the offensive end. Um, and so I just hate that for, for him. Um, and Jalen Lake. I mean, those things, what Jalen Lake did in the CU game is legendary stuff, man. To tape that thing up, he was in a lot of pain, and he was in a lot of pain after the game. But to do that, so that just shows you who those dudes are. So that stinks for those guys. Um, two of our best perimeter defenders, IQ guys, leaders. But you know the good news in it? They both will be back. Okay, they're going to miss time, but they will heal. They will be back. They're both non-shooting hands. Uh, um, so that's the good news. And, you know, and somehow they're going to find something out of this stretch where they're out to become a better person, a better player, find a way to lead some of these younger guys and help them step up through this process. And that's what we're going to do. But yeah, that, 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 that stinks. I just, I really felt for, for Josiah there and it's, it's, you know, it, it stinks for the team, but, but we'll rally. That's what this group does. Um, any word on, on how long Jalen's going to be out? Well, the good news, well, no, Jalen may not be out as long as we initially anticipated. Obviously, he had surgery on his finger. Uh, uh, they were able to, to to do it a little bit different than they initially thought. So I think there's a chance, you know, we could be looking at him being back for sure to start conference, but still a little bit up in the air. But there's a little bit better prognosis for him than we, than we originally thought. He's going to open up opportunities for possibly some guys that haven't yet gotten a lot of playing time, Javante Johnson, Tavy Jackson. Is this an opportunity here where they are going to need to shine and get, get more minutes? Yeah, I, I, a hundred percent. And, and I think the way I would approach it, they just need to come in and like they do in practice and do what they can do. Every player is different. Everyone's got a unique skill set, but they got to find a way to do the things that they can do to help the team be successful. One of the things I love about the culture of this group is you know, somebody might say, well, oh man, now I get my opportunity. I got to go show what I can do. And no, it's no, it, it's man, I'm getting an opportunity. I, I need to serve this team. Like I need to figure out what I can do to help this team. And, and, and that's what I think those guys, I know they do. That's the mindset they have. And 
you know, Javante is a different player than Josiah. Tavy's a different player than Jalen Lake, but they all bring their own unique strengths and they are, they're going to get an opportunity now to, to, to come in and get more minutes and produce. And I've got confidence in those guys um, to do the job and their, and their teammates do too. There's been a lot of talk about the the transfers that have come in. Have, has the fit, has their fit exceeded your expectations? What, what is it about their game and most of all their character that made you think that they would come in and fit so well and, and has allowed them to come in and fit so well pretty seamlessly? Well, we've always, you know, I've always done and our staff does such a great job of doing a deep dive on these guys as far as character, competitiveness, love for the game, caring about team. I mean, all those things. Um, so, I mean, I think we felt really good about that, but I think it's fair to say that, you know, I felt good, but you don't know until they, for sure, until they get here and start doing it. And I think you could see right away that these guys were going to be really connected, um, that it just really, really worked, that these guys could see their role. Um, they had a chip on their shoulder. They were about the right things. Um, we've obviously got, you know, probably the best leader in the country in Isaiah right now that kind of sets the tone. Pat Carty is a great leader. Jalen Lake's great. So we can, we have these guys returning. Um, but we always do a deep dive on all that other stuff, the intangibles and they all fit that, but yeah, you're to say it's exceeded my expectations. I think that would be fair in that. How could you have expected, you know, to know for sure it would come together as quickly as it, as it did. But I saw signs of it this summer and in the fall, I could feel it that way. And clearly now it's, it's manifested in results on the court. I wanted to ask you about NIL and um, this roster without the NIL efforts and green and gold guard, would this roster have been possible? How's it, how's it affected your, your program? No, I mean, I don't I mean, if you don't have some kind of NIL, uh, um, you know, that there's, there's no way you're going to be able to, to survive here in, in college basketball. So clearly, you know, there was a factor, you know, in, in, in that stuff, you know, having, having said that, you know, I, I don't, I'm a, I'm a proponent of NIL. I'm a proponent of these players, uh, um, monetizing their name, image, and likeness and getting opportunities. I, I, I think it's, I think it's great. We can argue about, you know, I'm not necessarily a fan of the way it was rolled out or a lot of things about it, but, but that's neither here nor there. But at the same time, like if the most important thing to a player is their name, image, and likeness compensation, this isn't going to be the right program for you. Do you know what I mean? And that doesn't matter whether we had the most money in the country or we had what we have now. I just don't think that you can have guys that are wired that way and be successful, but you can have guys who are wired about the other things. And then, yes, absolutely. They want to have an opportunity to, to do that. There's nothing wrong with that. I think it's great. Um, so I think you got to find a way to get guys who, if that makes sense, you know what I mean? At both. And so I don't think we got anybody as well that the main decision for them in coming to CSU was because they were going to, you know, get rich in, in, in NIL. Um, but I'm really thankful that we have the opportunities, you know, here that we've been able to put forth for these, some of these guys, really all of our guys. Last spring, we were at the uh, coach's caravan at uh, CSU Spur here in Denver. And you told Joel and I that, uh, that Isaiah was coming back and you were like a kid in a candy store <laughs> sharing that information. Now we, we, we see it on the court, but truly how important is it that he is back for this program? 
it's really hard to put it into words. I mean, I, I, I think, you know, even he said it best and I'm probably not going to say it the right way, but, and again, this isn't a knock on anybody. It doesn't, it's not a not say that somebody else made a decision that was better for them, but the trend is right. Everybody leave and want some different. And he's the one who bucked the system. Do you know what I mean? Not the other thing. So he stood out in a different way. And he said that, you know, he's like, Hey, I said, but maybe one day I'm the one that everyone will talk about because I did buck the trend. Right. And I'm just so, I'm just so thankful that he's getting to experience that. Cause that's exactly what's happening, you know, for, for him. And it's hard to really put into words what he means to me, what he means to the, to the program. He's just, and again, I think he's playing as well as any guard in the country, but he's just an exceptional person and leader always feel like I'm on the same page with him. He's so coachable. Uh, um, if he ever comes to me with something, I'm always going to listen to him, but he's just, he's a coach's dream that way. So for him to come back for his fifth year and to be here and the love that he has for, for CSU and the trust level that, you know, we have, he and I, and the other coaches, it's just, it's uh it's pretty special, special stuff. And he's clearly a hall of fame level player and, you know, arguably the best to to ever do it here. So, you know, Nico, I, I sticking with Isaiah, I, you know, from my perspective, he's a he's a generational player. Um, you know, and as a fan, I have to watch myself when I you know, when when you judge other players relative to him, you really have to watch yourself. Do you and your staff staff fight similar thoughts? Do you have to kind of temper your expectations when you're working with some of your younger guards? I think I've been around long enough to know that it's not, you know, you, you never, he is like, he's a, he is a generational player because of the whole package, you know, there's, but I've been fortunate. I've coached some, some terrific players, some great players and everyone I've coached been great people, but yes, I think, you know, well, I'm but you know, comparing is, is hard. We all like to do it, right. Fans like to do it. You like to think even in the recruiting, uh, uh, all right, what is this guy? Who does he remind you of when you do NBA stuff, NBA like to do comparables, right. They come to you and they want to, when they're looking for somebody who they think might fit at the next level, that's one of the things these GMs and scouts do. They look for comparables. So I think those things are all natural, but man, I just, I really try to just not even focus on just thankful that he's here. Uh, he's a once in a lifetime kind of guy and person and player. And I know in my heart that his impact will be left even a long time from here because some of the guys that are in our program that have the opportunity to play with them. I see a young man like Kyan Evans, who I, he's smart enough to know, it, but he probably doesn't even really understand yet what a blessing it is to have watched that guy work every day. Right. And not just how he plays, but how he goes about his business, because that's so much of the secret sauce of it is how you do it. And so it's just, uh, um, he's special, but yeah, you can never count on having another one like him, Steve. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for that. I, I, I love the kid. I just, I, I've, I've talked to him and I've, you know, the thing that I value most from Isaiah isn't just his skill on the basketball court, I think he's probably the smartest player I've ever seen play basketball. He's just, his intelligence level is, he's three levels. He's he's already steps ahead of uh, everybody else on the court. And I really enjoy what that, that, that aspect of his, uh, of his game. Hey, switching, switching to some other players, you know, you were nice enough. You know, the one thing I appreciate about, uh, about you and the way you run your program is, uh, 
you allow you allow people to come in and watch your practices and uh it's always fun for me to come to practices but i get a feel for the for the players and especially the newcomers. And I had a really good feeling this summer watching Joel Scott when I first saw him. Um, and I was, I was convinced that he would, he would fit into the team just seamlessly. He seemed to be a, a perfect fit. Um, I could see Nick Clifford's potential, but I thought it might take him maybe a, a, a little more time. Um, obviously I was wrong. When did, when did you start seeing Nick emerge as, a, as another player who would make this, transition it seems so seamlessly and make an impact i didn't see it right away uh when did you see it well i I think you're right i think neek would even say i mean i think during the summer he was really trying but there's a lot of what we do here is different right the terminology the way we play way move the ball and just kind of giving yourself over to it but he's such a you know wanted to buy in he did buy in i thought with neek i really started to see you know about a couple weeks before the season tipped off I started to see like another, just a a level of comfort he was starting to have and showing him like, watch, we don't even need to, we're not, we don't need to run all the stuff for you and whatever. Just watch how you're going to flourish by just playing the game, you know, the right way, just trusting and doing, he started to see it, I think, and just started to slow down for him. Um, and that way started to get really comfortable with the terminology, um, obviously added a ton to our team on the defensive end rebounding. And he's got a lot of experience. Like Zay's, I mean, Neek's played a lot of games at a high level. So I really started to see it kick into gear then. And then we got into those scrimmages and he performed at a really, really high level was really sound, um, you know, was putting up numbers without anything being, he was being aggressive, but he wasn't forcing anything. Uh, um, and so that's when I saw it. And then obviously that's manifested. He's just been terrific so far. What's a realistic expectation for this team the rest of the year? God, you know, and I know, and I'm not really not even trying to duck your, your question. It's just, I'm so, you know, I say it every year and it sounds, you know, I'm like, you know, I don't know yet. And I think sometimes like when we put goals or expectations, some people say, well, you're afraid, but I also don't want to set them too short. Do you know what I mean? I don't, I don't want to, I don't also, I, sometimes I think people do that. Oh, our goal is to do this. Well, what if I'm not giving them enough credit, you know? And, 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 and I, I always do that. And I think whatever that means, whatever our full potential is, is getting the most out of our guys. You know, when you talk college basketball at the end of the year, one and done and those tournaments, do you know what I mean? You never, you don't know, but I believe this team can compete and beat anybody on any night in the court. I believe that. I believe every time we go to the court, this team has an opportunity because of how their toughness, their togetherness, uh, uh, the talent, um, the ability to withstand things throughout a game and do whatever I believe. And we've got, you know, one of the best, if not the best point guard in the country. So, you know, that's what we've got to focus on. I think you really learn Joel, what you have when you deal with adversity so far, they've passed that with an A, you know, uh, that's what they've done. We're gonna have to continue to do that. And it doesn't mean it goes your way every, every day, but that's really what this is. People have talent, but when you have some of that adversity, how do you respond to that? How do you deal? How do you get better so far? They've been terrific, but we've got to keep it going. But I think this team can contend with anybody. I mean, I believe that. Uh, um, and I think this team does too, but they don't, 
they don't do it in a way where it's like they start looking ahead and start thinking about, you know, the Mountain West Championship and the NCAA and whatever. It's just how do you do it? It sounds like a cliche. Stay in the moment, you know, and when they do that, man, they've been successful. Well, and not staying in the moment. But this is <laughs> this is this is a uh, I mean, you're allowed to have visions for the program. It's an right? entertainment We're, business here, right? Like you right. guys are right. Like, well, yeah. well what, what is so so we, we entertain ourselves. <laughs> that's yeah, that's <laughs> something to that. That matters. Yeah. <laughs> What what is your personal vision for CSU basketball? I mean, is this uh, we're we're becoming irrational now with eight games into the season here? But uh, is this a program that has the resources that has you you leading the the way has the student athletes? Is this the kind of program that could be built up eventually, like a San Diego State or a Gonzaga? I know they've been doing it for a lot longer, but do you envision something like that in in your wildest dreams? Yeah. I mean, listen, when I first got here, if you asked me this question in year one and I'd say, now people say, what's your vision for the program? And everyone expects, oh, to win championships and go to whatever. You know, really what the vision is, is like, I want to have a program where when people like that, our program becomes just an intricate part of the fabric of our community. When people come to Fort Collins or they, they either come here and visit or they move to Fort Collins, it's like, oh, I, Oh, you're going to Fort Collins. Have you ever been to a Colorado State basketball game? Oh, you need you need to go to a Colorado State basketball game. Like that's the place to be, man. Those guys are fun to watch. Like, but you know, do you know anyone who has tickets? You know what I mean? It's not always easy to get a ticket. You better buy them early. You know, and to me, if you're doing that, it's because you've had success. You've got all the other things working in the right direction. But that's that's bigger. Like when I I've been to some of these communities, you know, I've been to Spokane before, and it doesn't take you long when you go to Spokane to look around and be like, Gonzaga basketball really matters there. You know, people are proud to wear around their shirts. They're proud to talk about it. You go to the stores, you do that when the games are on, you go to the bar, people are talking about it. It doesn't mean they win the champion. They've been terrific, but you know, even through the ups and downs, it's just, it's become an integral part of the fabric of that university um, in the community. And that's my vision here that, you know, believe that, that we can do that. We've got work to do. We got to keep going. Clearly we're moving in a, in the right direction there. I think we saw that two years ago, right? When, when that happened, people forget we were ranked two years ago now too. They can say whatever. I know we didn't win the mountain West regular season, but clearly the NCAA viewed us as the best team. We had a six seed. I think the next one was an eight, right? So when they looked at our whole body of work from beginning to end, you know, they viewed us as the, as the best team we were ranked. We sold out those last five games, Clearly, there are people supporting it last year is what it is. It's stumped, but now we're starting to see see it again. And so you just got to keep stacking those things. And as you're doing it, you got to keep finding ways to, to build resources, to build support, uh, um, to keep adding to that. Because my vision is what I said, Joel, it's to just, man, when you come to Fort Collins, it's like CSU basketball is a big deal and it matters and people care about it and they love it and they go to the games and um, when people celebrate it. You know, I, I want to add something to that too, Nico, you know, the uh, something that can happen similar to what's happened with Gonzaga. Uh, for those of us that went to Las Vegas, uh, we noticed the energy in the building changed when that second game rolled around and boy, do they have a lot of fans that travel to neutral sites as well. And, and that's another sign of a very healthy program. There were thousands of Gonzaga fans 
there were, we had we had you know a few hundred CSU fans. There weren't many Washington fans. There were some USC fans, but not that many. It was overwhelmingly um, Gonzaga fans, and that's part of the thrill and the excitement is not just filling up the home arena, but when you travel, running in and meeting new 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 fans as well who you know who are traveling to to see you. And that that to me is uh, really another sign of uh, of success. For sure. Is that a shot at me, Ivy? Are you taking a shot at me? <laughs> I didn't see. I didn't see Mike there. I saw you guys there, right? I, like, I mean, I, I could there. tell we had to fly back on the charter, but I could tell you guys were about to have a good time that night. We were so excited. <laughs> yeah, I, I could tell that, which is awesome. But let me let me make a point to that though. What you guys said, I think it's really important to note, and it's not the society we always live in. But I know Brian Dutcher. I know Steve Fisher. I know those guys well. I consider Dutch a, a good friend. Um, that didn't happen overnight, guys. I mean, that's right. that is a long, long time of building it. They weren't any good early, and nobody went to the games. Nobody cared about it. And that didn't just all of a sudden snap your fingers and we're here. But they built it over time, over time, and they kept getting better. Kept finding ways to get more resources getting good players winning and it's not linear, you know, you sometimes go through some bump that way. And it's, it's no different at Gonzaga. I know I worked for Dan Munson. Okay. So, I mean, I know when he was there and they did it, that doesn't, that doesn't happen overnight, right? Those things take time. Um, but you got to keep, you know, moving in the right direction over time and to keep doing it. And then you get to what we said, where, you know, you go now and you're in San Diego, uh, um, and, you know, they said they're San Diego's pro basketball team, right? Like, that's what they are. They're, they, they, they support it like that. It wasn't like that 15 years ago. <laughs> they weren't doing that. People probably even there thought it was crazy if you had a vision that you could actually do that at that place. You know, so, of course, it's possible. Um, but it takes a lot of people rowing in the same direction. You talked about San Diego State and Gonzaga. They've been doing it for a long time and building it up for a long time. What are some of the things and sort of the infancy of this building project that you've got going on this program is going to need to keep rising namely in terms of like financial investment for for your program that's a good question I mean, there's so many you know different ways you can go i mean you know i'm really thankful for what you know the university has done and time change you know we've been able to build you know the new locker room facility which is awesome um you know we've been able to to do some things with the staff pool that's been great uh, um, all those things. I think clearly, like I look around and I look at, and, and at Moby and, you know, you have the COVID thing, you know, too, that happened. Obviously some of these things were really in the docket a few years before that, you know, COVID kind of put a little bit of a hold, you know, on it. We were able to get it done. You know, what's next. We need more probably VIP areas in Moby, right? We need to find a way to continue to make that experience. We added beer this year, right? Like alcohol sales. Um, we got to find, you know, continue to find creative ways to to do more that way, to make it the place to be, to make it the the event um, that it is. There's going to just going to be investments that need to be made. I'm not telling anybody anything that they don't that they don't know, but it's not just making the investments, but having the the, the vision of what are those investments? How do we do that? What makes sense? How do we get the most bang for our buck right in doing that? Obviously, you know, I, I, I had a, a guy in college athletics tell me once, he said, Nico, the most important thing in college athletics, it's not money, uh, um, um, but it's a close second to oxygen, <laughs> you know, uh, um, 
And unfortunately, you know, that's, there's a lot of that, but I think it's not just throwing money at it. It's throwing resources to the right things and the right people, right. That move the needle. And those aren't always perfect, but, you know, continuing to, to, to do those things, you know, and cost more, it costs more than it ever has, right. To, to do it with inflation and travel. And, you know, I always tell people the best and most, the best and the biggest challenge about our job is where we're located. And it's the best thing is like, you know, I don't have to tell you guys, right? You come here, you live here, you're part of the community. It's freaking awesome. It's an incredible place to go to school. It's an incredible place to live. It's an incredible, I mean, all of that stuff, but we're isolated, right? So, you know, it costs money to recruit. It costs money to bring guys in to go travel. You got to go to other places, you know, so that there's challenges that way that again, they take resources. Um, the NIL stuff, it is what it's different. It's not something we had to deal with three, four years ago, and now it's here. And that's the reality, you know, and um, you know, it's probably different. Football has its own challenges. Basketball, you're looking at it different. You probably only have, you only have 13 scholarship players, uh, um, you know, that's, that's something that we're going to have to continue to meet moving forward here and get better. Um, so there's a lot of things like that, but one thing about me that you'll find is I, I always look at things outside my own eyes, right? I understand the challenges that, you know, a president Parsons has that Joe has as the AD and the challenges that they face with all these different lenses. But at the same point in time, I'm always a coach that I'm always going to try to get better. I always want to push the envelope. I always want to look at what's next. How do we improve? You hired me to want to build a great program. If you want somebody that doesn't have the vision that I have making it great, then you hired the wrong person. Do you know what I mean? Um, so we always got to try to push what's next. How do we raise it? What do we have to do? How do we invest? So we're always having those those conversations and a long-winded answer, but but um, that's kind of where where I'm at with that. It was just a couple more here for you, Nico, and, and nobody's more gracious with their time. And I joined us after practice. You probably love to go see your wife and kids. Uh, thank you so much for all your time. Um, when we see success like this and, and now two out of the last three years, big time success. I know it's a very early in the season still. But you start seeing fans like, oh, my God, how how can we keep Nico for the long term? And we all want that. right? We were just talking about that before you came on. Um, but just curious, as someone who you clearly like in four columns, you're 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 succeeding, you're, you're excelling. What are some of the factors you look at in a job that would make you want to stay for a long haul? Can you win and be successful at the job that you're at? You know, do you feel like you can continue to to be successful and 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 it's not just it's it's everybody it's everybody aligned right like everybody aligned uh, um, from the top down with the vision the resources that way is a big deal for any coach I'm not that's everyone right it's a big deal for an athletic director or president to have people that you know are are aligned with them like that's a big deal I think quality of life is is a huge deal um, you know my journey is different you know maybe than other people clearly I, I I love this this place um you know I mean I've I've signed extensions to 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 stay here I love what we're doing um like anyone but anyone who's wired the right way in this profession wants to keep getting better right like you got to want to keep getting better if you don't <laughs> I don't have the right people right the right coach the right so that's that's what I think what any coach would look at is just, 
how do we keep getting better? Do we have what we need to continue to win and be successful? And I think that's what I'm not speaking just for me. I think that's probably for, for any coach. And then, but I do, I put a premium on, on quality of life for my family and what we do. And, and, uh, I think people who know me, I'm, I'm a regular dude, man. Like I, I, uh, I like going out and, and having fun with the boys, playing golf, talking trash. I love, I just, I want to be a normal guy, you know, that, that matters to me too. So. So you can see yourself being here for a little while. I, mean, I already have, I'm very happy, you know, and, and I don't, I know you guys, I don't, I know you have to ask the questions and I get that. I just, I really don't like, I don't know. My wife would tell you the same thing is here. I'm just so wired and it's just like, God, why aren't you thinking? It's like, no, I'm worried about, you know, the Bruner kid at Denver, you know, making seven threes on us tomorrow night. Like that's what I'm, that's what I'm thinking about. Right. I'm, I'm thinking about how do we keep improving and building confidence in these young guys who are going to get, you know, an opportunity here. Uh, um, how do we improve in this area? Um, um, I love practice. I love being around our guys. I love it. I just love, I love the grind. I just, that's my favorite, all the crap that's going on in our profession and whatever. I still love being in the grind every day, man. I, I love practice. I love it. And, and I, honestly, that's really where I, where I focused. I mean, listen, I, there's not a day that I look up and I've done it for every game and I'll continue to do it. They're playing the anthem. And I look up and I'm like, are you kidding me? Like they pay me to do this. And, you know, once you lose gratitude, you know what I mean? For what you, I just, I think it's, it's, it's tough. And so I, I, I haven't lost it to this point. Well, it's part of the reason we love you, man. This is a lot of fun. Hey, one more question for me, your philosophy and scheduling. It's kind of like a mix of science and uh, I don't know, you, you just figured out how to schedule that works well with the metrics as well as give us a, a, you know, winnable games against good programs and neutral sites and whatnot. How have you managed to be successful in scheduling? Well, I've had, you know, obviously I have a philosophy that's on. I've had a great, you know, Aaron Katsuma, who was here before, did a great job with that. Brian Cooley's doing a lot of that for us now. I think they know what I want. Scheduling's a major challenge, like for team at our at our level. And it's just really hard to get opportunities to, to, to do that. So I think, you know, being willing to put yourself out there whenever you have opportunities to do that against some of the best programs, you know, you have to be aggressive when those opportunities come, you know, looking to schedule out where you can, um, you know, again, not that I think that's, again, that's been my philosophy. It's also really going to be critical for us. Like it is now moving forward that the rest of the members of the mountain West continue to do the same thing. Cause really this all comes down to when we get into league play, how many quad one quad two opportunities do we get when we get into league play? And that's determined by what you do in November and December. Again, it looks good. We still got more games in December so far. It's been good for our conference that way again. Uh, um, but that's a battle every year. I know you've talked a little bit about DU, but, uh, and you don't want to look ahead to Saturday, but we're going to, you're going to ask me to, I know I'm going to ask you like, what, what, right. well, what's going on with St. Mary's by the way, what are they three and six or something like that? You know, it's really interesting because I tell you what, I, there's not a coach in the country. I have more respect for than Randy Bennett. I mean, he is as good as, as what they do. They had really high expectations coming in. I mean, heck I saw some people final four top 15 in the country. I still think they're that good. I think like sometimes, man, they're going through, they've, they've really put themselves out there with a schedule too. I mean, they're really playing hard games. 
Um, they haven't shot the ball as well from the perimeter, maybe Zad earlier, but I, I pop on the film and it's like, you know, they lose a close one to Boise the other night and they go 10 to 22 from the free throw line. That's a little fluky for a St. Mary's team, you know? So I'll bet you they will be there when the season's done. I just have a feeling of how they're wired and the culture they have in their program and the talent that they have. They will, by the end of that season, uh, they're going to be making some, some noise and they're just going through it, you know, right now. So that's a, that's a, it's a, it's going to be a, a monster test for us. Mike, Steve, you got anything else for coach? Great to catch up with you, Steve. I get to see Nico regularly and I, I'm good. And he, you know, the one thing I appreciate is your willingness to, to, to talk to me and, uh, in, in, you know, in whether it's in confidence or whether it's just, uh, as a fan, um, I appreciate it. I enjoyed the hug after the game, even though you were soaking wet in uh, in <laughs> Vegas. I I could tell you guys had a good celebration in the locker room, but you were absolutely soaked. I'm surprised you didn't catch some kind of illness. But I uh, might like. I hope I'm not coming down. I got a little bit of a cough going. I hope I'm fine. But it's if it meant because of the dousing for that, then I'm happy to get sick because <laughs> those are those are fun. So, but hey, thanks for thanks for you guys, and it's it's good to. You know, anytime you want me to to connect. Wasn't it funny the last time you had me on, we had lost at home to Air Force. Yep. <laughs> you remember that? I remember I had this thing scheduled. We lose at home to Air Force. I'm like, oh my God, here we go. I'm gonna take a beating. But I'm willing to come on when we're eight and no, twelfth in the country, lose at home to Air Force. I'm 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 that's who I am, man. I'm I'm here. And anytime I can communicate with our fans and you know, let them know what we have, ask questions, I'm I'm always I'm always game. So we appreciate you, buddy. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Nico. Thanks. That was Nico Medved. I mean, what other Division One basketball coach, superstar coach like that is going to spend an hour with uh, with some guys like us? So very appreciative of Nico Medved and uh, as well as my two buddies, Steve Ivey and Mike Rowe. Hey, just let me, uh, before I let you guys go, I want to encourage you. I, I posted this on the message boards. I tweeted about it. But uh, Street Media Group, who is a, uh, a a partner of the Green and Gold Guard and has given the Green and Gold Guard free airtime on some of their billboards around town. And I, and I know on our way home from the CU game at Moby last week, there was a, a, a billboard on the on 25 that was showing some of our student athletes, which was really cool. But they have offered to donate up to $50,000 to match all football related donations to the green and gold guard. So just the perfect time. If you have not yet got involved to do that, um, gosh, get involved at $10 a month, get involved 20, whatever you can give, just get involved. It's a perfect time to do that. So those dollars get matched. And uh, there's just surprisingly, we don't have as many uh, small donors as we should getting a lot of nice big donations, but um, we, we have a lot of room for, for uh, small donations, just a little bit at a time every month. So if, if you're looking for a way to make an impact, that would be the way. Go to uh, theggguard.com and uh, learn more about it. Make your donation. That would be much appreciated by the uh, by John Weber, by the, the rest of the crew that's, that's manning the Green and Gold Guard, as well as it just makes an impact for CSU and its student-athletes. So... Just wanted to say that before I let you go. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a great rest of your week. Let's get a win against DU uh, Wednesday night and then again 
against St. Mary's on Saturday. Looking forward to both of those. So, go Rams.